Mark the eighth chapter, beginning at verse 31. Mark the eighth chapter, beginning at verse 31. The pastor's going to try hard not to preach as long as I preached on last Sunday. I know I preached a long time Sunday, but I'm going to try very hard not to preach as long today. Mark 8 and 31, it says, And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed. And after three days, rise again. Verse number 32, and he spake that saying openly. And here's what I want you to take note of. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him. But when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter saying, get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. I want you to go back one verse, verse 32. And he spake that saying openly, and Peter, don't miss this, took him and began to rebuke him. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him. I want to talk to you for a few moments, or as the Spirit leads, from this subject matter, the conflicting snapshots of our lives. The conflicting snapshots of our lives. I would encourage you to read the entire eighth chapter of the book of St. Mark. Time would not allow me to go through it. But when I read this particular text, the verses that I've read today, I cannot help but to see that in this moment in Peter's life, Peter was not considering God's purposes, but only his own natural human desires and feelings. Peter wanted Christ to be king, but not the suffering servant that was prophesied in the 53rd chapter of the book of Isaiah. He was ready to receive the glory of following the Messiah, but not the persecution. And so a new stage was being launched. Jesus revealed with a powerful thrust that the son of the living God was going to be killed and raised again from the dead. Never had this happened. History would be made. Jerusalem killed that prophet. Would now commit to the ultimate crime. Jerusalem would kill God's own son. And so Jesus had been telling his disciples about his death and resurrection for some time now. 
fact of the matter is they did not understand him. The ideal of a suffering Messiah differed radically from their own idea of the Messiah. The difference now was that Jesus no longer spoke in pictures and symbols. He told them in simple and direct words. A new stage in the revelation of God's plan for the world was now to take place. God's son was to die and to be raised again for the sins of the world. God's plan for saving the world was to take place through a suffering Messiah and not a conquering Messiah. The fact of the matter is God's Messiah was not going to deliver a materialistic world into the hands of his followers. Inversely, he was to die. And his death was to usher in the kingdom of God and make it possible for his followers to live eternally in the very presence of God himself. And so Peter could not accept Jesus' words that he was speaking at this particular time. Peter could accept Jesus as the son of the living God. But now, as the suffering Savior, Peter just could not accept. Such an idea was repulsive and unacceptable to him. Therefore, Peter tried to stop the idea. If you read the text, you will discover that Peter did two things. First of all, the text says that Peter took him. You have to understand that the Greek meaning is strong here because it means that he caught hold of him. In other words, Peter took hold. He, he grabbed Jesus. Uh, Peter uh, bodily took Jesus aside for a conference. And then not only does it say that he took him, but then it also says, that Peter began to rebuke him. This again is very strong because it is not just a wish, but a forcible attempt to stop the idea of the suffering Savior. This shall not be unto thee. That's what Peter said. In other words, this must not and it cannot happen to you. Fact of the matter is, Peter even said, God forbid. Well, Peter was out to stop the cross. He was urging Jesus to be the Messiah of power, fame, and sensation that the Jews were expecting. Peter was urging Jesus to follow his own human schemes instead of God's way. And by such, he was tempting Jesus with the very same compromises that Satan used to tempt Jesus. When you look in Matthew, the fourth chapter, it was the same compromise, the, the compromise of power, fame, and sensation. But you have to understand something about Peter. Peter was zealous for God, but he was mistaken and ignorant in his zeal. He did not understand that God was planning to save the world through the death of his son. 
And when you really look at Peter and you look at the life of Peter, it is not too difficult to see and understand what is going on with Peter. Uh, after all, he had left all to follow him. I just personally think that Peter is scared. I think he feels overwhelmed by and uh, unprepared for what is coming. And you know as well as I that life sometimes does that to us. I can easily imagine Peter thinking to himself and saying to himself, he said, you know, when I signed up to fish for women and men because uh, he told us that he would make us fishers uh, of men. I could hear Peter saying, this is not what I had in mind. Great suffering, rejection, and death. Peter just simply was saying, I did not sign up for all of this. I could hear Peter saying, this was never in my plan. And you know as well as I that sometimes life brings us stuff that we did not sign up for. Fact of the matter is, it takes us places we never planned or wanted to go. And so I suspect Peter is struggling with his faith, trying to make sense of what he really believes, wondering if he has what it takes to meet the demands of faith in this moment. You and I, we know that sometimes life sets those questions before us. We all have stood next to Peter. And once again, I'm only preaching to those who have not been glorified yet went to heaven and come back. I want to preach to those that's willing to be transparent and declare that, yes, I've stood next to Peter because we have known times in our lives when we felt unprepared for what we were facing. We looked down the road at what was coming and we did not like what we saw. We wanted to cry out, no, this isn't happening. This cannot be. This must not be. Haven't there been times when you felt scared, unprepared for, or overwhelmed by life? Haven't there been times when you just did not want to face what life was bringing you? Haven't there been times when you just did not know whether your faith was up to the demands of life? Love my enemies, not once, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Turn the other cheek when the first one is still hurting. Well, I need y'all to know something. Imagine, if you will, taking a snapshot of your life in those moments, what would it show? Would you like what you see? Is that a picture you want to frame and keep? Or would you just throw it away? Uh, they are the kinds of pictures that, yeah, we would delete from the album of our life if we could. And we certainly would not want anyone else to see them. 
my guess, and it's just my guess, is that Peter would opt for retake. And I'm just wondering, Lord, help me preach it now. I'm just wondering if there's anybody as you look back over your life, and if you had another chance, you would opt for a retake. And yet we all have those kinds of pictures in our lives. We have all looked at bad pictures of ourselves, pictures that show us to be less than or other than we know ourselves to be or want to be. There is, however, more to us than that one picture we can show. Ah, we're too quick to see that one picture, that one snapshot in time as descriptive and representative of who we are and what our life is like. We take that one photograph of ourselves and say, this is me, this is my life. This is all there will ever be. We hold that picture as a final judgment or description of ourselves. And sometimes we take those kinds of, of photographs and we hold them up to another and say, look what you did. This is who you are. This is how I will always see you. But I have a question here today. Can a single snapshot really tell the whole story of your life. God, I don't know who I'm talking to here today, but I want to know, can a single snapshot really tell the whole story? And I have to tell you, no, 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 it can't. No, it can't. No, it can't. Because life is more like a movie. It's an ongoing story that is action, dynamic, changing, and unpredictable. Then it is a, a snapshot in time. There is more to Peter than the snapshot we are given in today's text. And there is more to you and I than those snapshots we want to rip out of life's album. Because every snapshot exists within a larger story. And that is true for Peter. And guess what? It is true for you and I. And so today's text is just one snapshot of Peter. Peter takes Jesus aside and rebukes him. Jesus in turn turns and rebukes Peter and he calls him Satan. In other words, he's saying, you are the deceiver. You are the adversary. You are the tempter. Fact of the matter is, Peter, you are the line. Peter, get behind me. Well, do you really believe that one picture is all there is to Peter? Well, it is only four verses earlier. If you have your Bible still open, it's only four verses earlier that Peter is the confessor the one who recognizes Jesus. Because when Jesus asks, who do men say that I am? 
The Bible said, and they answered, some say you're John the Baptist. Others said that you are Elijah. And then there are others that declare that you are one of the prophets. But when you read that verse, it says, but Peter, the confessor said, thou art the Christ. You are the son of the living God. In other words, you are the Messiah. Well, it looks like to me that those are two different pictures of the same man. You remember, you remember <laughs> the day that Peter stepped out of the boat full of faith and walked on water, the same water on which Jesus walked. That is a picture worth framing and hanging on the wall. But if you took another snapshot the same day, oh, God help me preach. Just a few minutes later, you will see Peter sinking, scared, crying out for help. And Jesus saying, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Well, how about, how about the, the, the confession of Peter as the rock on which Jesus would build the church? Set that next to the picture of the rooster crowing Peter's three denials of Jesus. And I'm sure Peter would like to lose that snapshot of him sleeping in the garden of Gethsemane while Jesus prayed and being awakened by Jesus' question. When he says so, you could not stay awake. You could not watch with me for just one hour. But snapshot, hey, that was just a snapshot because compare that picture to the one of Jesus saying to Peter, feed my lambs and tend to my sheep. And it is not just Peter who has conflicting or contradictory pictures in his life. You remember the man who brings to Jesus his demon-possessed child, and Jesus tells him that all things are possible for the one who believes. And then the man declares, snapshot, Lord, I believe. Well, that's a picture of faith. But then the picture changes. Snapshot, help my unbelief. And who among us have not seen these two pictures in our lives? Well, can I call the roll for just a few minutes? What about Mary, hey, the mother of Jesus? Snapshot, how can this be? She asked my God, the angel, when he announced her pregnancy. But just, hallelujah, a few seconds later, snapshot, let it be with me. Lord, according to your word, can I go down the road? Jesus also experienced the conflicting snapshots of life compared to snapshots of Jesus right there in the Garden of Gethsemane. Snapshot, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But then snapshot, 
Nevertheless, not my will, but God, let your will be done. Somebody ought to put in the chat, snapshot, because look at the difference. Snapshots of Jesus on the cross. Snapshot. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That's in verse number 34 of the 15th chapter of the book of St. Mark. But then a few more sayings. I have another snapshot. Father, into your hands, I commend my spirit. And it is not just them, but I don't mean to be the bad, bad news, but it's us also. We all have those contradictory pictures in our life. Each one of us could go back and pick out the bad picture days of our life. I cannot count the number of times people have come to me and described their life as a single picture. They describe themselves or their life through a particular event, which is fine, but then, but then they so often make the leap that that description is all they are and all their life will ever be. And they allow that one snapshot in time to stand as a final judgment. Well, what if we took those snapshots of life for what they really are? What if we looked at them as simple, my God, just a moment in time, just a single steel frame that is a part of our life's movie. What if, my God, that one picture is not a final judgment, but simply information about what is happening in us. I'm talking about information about our fears, information about our wounds, information about our hopes, our needs, and our struggles. What if it is just a picture of us at a particular time and place trying to do the best we could with what we had. And it may not be our best picture. Yeah, it may look as if we blew it, like we didn't try very hard or that we weren't the person we wanted to be. But I think most of us, hallelujah, we did the best that we could with what we had at the moment. You know, sometimes life really is difficult. Life is overwhelming and scary. And sometimes faith really does push us to our limits. Sometimes life really does give us what we never asked for or wanted. But what if, my God, I know I got a lot of what ifs today because I'm trying to stir up your pure mind. What if there's always more to that picture than what we oftentimes see? It would be so easy to look at the snapshot of Peter in today's text and say that Peter blew it. We could say he was not a good disciple. We could say that he was not faithful. He was out of line when he rebuked Jesus. He got called out by Jesus. And that's probably not a picture that Peter wants to carry around and show others. But what if, my God, 
What if Jesus rebuke a Peter? The sting of being called Satan is just Jesus really saying to Peter, Peter, that's not who you are. Peter, I know you. You are more than what you have become in this moment. And I stop by to let somebody know you are more than what you have become in this moment. Oh, the devil's trying to wear the saints out. You've been locked up for over six months. You've been a mother, a teacher, a wife. Come on, somebody. You've been trying to do everything. And maybe you got some snapshots that you've taken within the last six months that you're just simply not satisfied with. But I want you to know, hey, don't let those snapshots define who you are. You're only having a moment. I dare somebody to type in the chat, I'm only having a moment. This is not the real me. I'm just having a moment. Peter was just having a moment. And I can hear Jesus saying, wake up, Peter. Claim your blessedness. Trust my calling on your life and return to yourself. I come here to tell somebody, you've lost yourself. And you need to return back to yourself because every picture has more than one interpretation. Yeah, we can look at those snapshots of our life and let them bind us to the past and forever label and judge us and other people. Or we can look at them and say, wow, that was a terrible picture day. Anybody remember? <laughs> Lord have mercy. You look at those pictures and say, that is not me. It is not who I want to be. Ah, and we let those pictures call us back to ourselves, back to our center, back to our original beauty. We let that bad picture call us into a new life and a new way of being. And that is what Jesus is doing with Brother Peter here today. And it is what he continually is doing with us. Jesus is continually calling us back to ourselves, letting us see ourselves through his eyes, reminding us of who we truly are and who we can become. You know, most of the time we look at those pictures and we know Hallelujah, that we've stepped outside ourselves. Come on, we betrayed ourselves. We violated our own integrity. We feel shame, disappointment, and that we feel regret. But those are not about punishment or judgment. They reveal that we have touched the darkness within ourselves. Hey, but they are not our permanent condition. They are the pointers to something else. They are reminders that there is more than can be shown in a single photograph. What do you see when you look through the photo album of your life? What are the snapshots of your life today that bind you to your past? What pictures have you let define who you are, your value, 
and your worth. Which pictures do you want to delete and never see again? Why are your bad picture days that you try to hide from yourself and you try to hide from others? Uh, they are the pictures that tell our secrets and they display our wounds. They keep us up at night. They have us reliving the moment. They're desperately trying to make it different. They're the ones that we just cannot get out of our minds. The memories that come to haunt us. Have you ever asked for forgiveness for something and then asked again and again and again for the same old thing? Well, that was just a bad picture day. It was just a bad picture day. As much as we might like to hide, try to delete. Some of y'all even try to photograph those pictures. You put them in Photoshop and they have some value for us because the very things that hurt us can become our teacher. The very things that we do not want to hear about ourselves can become a calling into a new life. The very thing we do not want to see about our lives can show us a different way of being. They help us to understand that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. And to those who are the call according to his purpose, what are the bad picture days of your life? What are you looking at and holding on today as the definitive picture of you and your life? Whatever those pictures might be, regardless of what they might show, they always exist in a larger story. Uh, nobody that's listening to me right now, you wouldn't buy a ticket to go to the movies and just sit out and watch a single steel frame and then get up and try to declare that you've seen and understood the whole movie. Why would we do that to ourselves? Hey, why are you defining yourself when you look in your old photo albums? Well, I'm almost finished. When you look in the old photo albums, look at your elementary school picture. Uh-uh, don't make me come down your street right now. Look at, your, look at those pictures. My God. And you can't help but say, look where the Lord has brought me from. He brought me up from a mighty long way. But when you look at those ready pictures and find it hard for you to believe, that's who you was at the time. Well, guess what? It was just a part of your movie. It was just a part of your larger story. And so that is certainly <laughs> not what Jesus does to Peter. He don't just define Peter's life by just a snapshot. Uh, the rock that sank in the waters of doubt. His profession became the foundation of the church. The denier of Jesus is also the feeder of Jesus' sheep. Jesus sees more than the snapshot of the moment. And if that's true with Peter, I can shout hallelujah because I know that's true also for me. And so maybe... Just maybe we should gather up those photographs 
that we want to throw away. Look at them one more time. <laughs> Come on here, look at them one more time. This time when you look at them, look at them with the eyes of Jesus and look for what <laughs> you've not seen before. Look for the beauty that's hidden within the disfigurement, the light that shines in the darkness, the healing that comes from great suffering, the belonging that overcomes rejection, the life that arises from death, the hope that stands amidst despair, because it's not the snapshot of our lives that define us. Somebody ought to shout, but it's Christ. It is the love of Christ that sees in us more than we often see in ourselves or one another. It is us seeing ourselves in the future. And we got to make the, we have to make the declaration that I look much better in the future than I look right now. Somebody, you ought to declare it. That came from our presiding bishop. I make no claims on it. But I look much better in my future than I look right now. You got to say it. And you may think, somebody on here already think that you have it going on right now. But after, after the benediction, I have an assignment for everybody. I want you to take a picture of yourself. I want you to take a snapshot after church. And when you take that snapshot, don't be so hard on yourself. Ah, don't be talking about all the gray in your hair. Don't be talking about the bags underneath your eyes. Don't be talking about how much weight you need to lose. But when you take this snapshot, hey, thank you, Jesus. I want you to tell yourself when you look at that snapshot, tell yourself that your eyes have not seen, nor have your ears heard, neither have it appeared into the hearts of men. What good thing God has in store for them that love him. And I don't know about you, but I got to let y'all know this. I'm glad that God did not use Peter's snapshot against him for the rest of his life. And somebody, you ought to shout hallelujah, that God don't use the snapshots of our lives. Because had Jesus used Peter's snapshot of rebuking him and calming him out. Peter never would have written first and second Peter. Peter wouldn't have never written, hey, that blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy had begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that's incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven, just for you and me. Hey, had he cut him off because of a snapshot, I wouldn't be encouraged today by Brother Peter. When Peter says, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that's to show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. I'm glad that Jesus did not cut Peter off because of that snapshot. Because had he cut him off, Peter would have never been able to tell us that the Lord
says, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I'm finished now, but I'm glad he didn't cut him off. Because had he cut him off because of a snapshot in his life, I couldn't be encouraged by Peter when Peter said, cast all your cares on the Lord because the Lord cares about you. Somebody ought to shout, I'm glad he did not count Peter out because of the snapshot. And guess what? I'm glad that he's a God of a second chance. Somebody ought to shout, I serve a God of a second chance. I'm done, I'm finished. And because my brothers and my sisters, we serve a God of a second chance. I stop by here today to let you know that today is picture day. Somebody put that in the chat. Say today is picture day. Dry your eyes. Lift up your heads. Lift up your hands, O ye gates. Even lift him up, the everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift him up, the everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. Today is picture day. Dry your eyes. Lift up your head. Get dressed for the picture. Hey, you remember in school, you got dressed for the picture when it was picture day. Well, I need y'all to get dressed because today is picture day. What am I going to put on? I'm going to put on the garment of praise and I'm going to take my picture. I'm not going to allow the devil to cause me to be defeated. I'm not going to allow the devil to cause me to be crying and sad. I'm not going to allow the devil to try to magnify what I'm going through right now, but I'm getting ready to get dressed. I'm getting ready to get dressed because today is picture day. Put on the garment of praise. Hallelujah. And then I'm finished. I got to go now. But I got to let you know one more thing. This picture that you're going to take today, it doesn't define your entire life. It's just a snapshot. (laughs) It's just going to be another snapshot for you to add to your full album of life. Because guess what? This picture I'm going to take today, as soon as I get off here, put on my garment of praise, I'm going to take that picture. But it ain't going to define my life because my life has already been defined. And I'm here to declare for the rest of my life, I'll serve him. For the rest of my life, I'll praise him. For the rest of my life, I'm going to keep on keeping on. For the rest of my life, I'm going to hold on to God's unchanging hand. Get your photo album book. Go through it. I know y'all want to be deep now. I know you want to be deep. And you're going to say, Paul says, 
forgetting those things which are behind, and I press. But no, I pull out that book. Pull out that moment that almost made you lose your mind. Look at it now through the eyes of Jesus and understand that if it had not been for the Lord on my side, you got to declare it was just a setup. It was a setup for God's glory. No, it didn't work out. Yes, it broke you all the way down, but it was just a setup for God's glory. Yeah, you was in the pit like Joseph. Yeah, your family might have turned on you, but God took you into the royal court. And then when you got inside of the royal palace, you had trouble at the palace. I got to preach that one of these Sundays because who would ever think there'd be trouble at the palace? But Joseph had trouble at the palace. But thank God he looked at the bigger picture of life. And I need somebody here today to just simply look at the bigger picture of life. Don't look at where you are now. Ah, it's a movie. Ah, it's a movie. And you know at the end of my movie, whenever that may be, when I close my Bible to open it up no more, when I've sung my last song, when I prayed my last prayer, you know at the end of the movie, <laughs> they do the credits. <laughs> I'm done. They do the credits to let you know who put the movie together. All I want my credits to say in large, big prints, print at the end of my movie, I want my credit to just simply say this, nobody but the Lord. <laughs> nobody but the Lord. Is there anybody that can say it's nobody but the Lord? Nobody has sustained me like the Lord has. Nobody has kept me like the Lord has. Nobody has provided for me like the Lord has. Ah, let me finish. I'm finished, my brothers and my sisters. But don't let a snapshot, don't let a snapshot define your entire life. Go back through the photo album of life. See those pictures through the eyes of Jesus. You'll see another story in there. You'll see God fulfilling purpose in your life. <laughs> You'll have to declare, God, you've been so good to me. I know the snapshots, they conflict many times in our lives, but that's all right. Jesus doesn't define our entire lives on one snapshot. There's some pictures I know that we tore up and y'all didn't put them in the trash. You put those pictures in a shredder because you didn't want the devil or nobody else to be able to put those pictures back together again. But even the pictures that we've shredded, they still have been a part of the movie of our life. And they have gotten us where we are today. Because if it had not happened then, I would not be where I am now. If, if, if that tragedy hadn't happened to you, your faith wouldn't be as strong today as it was. And so God, he takes all the pieces of our lives 
and he can put us back together again. And he's the only one that can make us whole. Every eye closed, every head bowed. I, 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 I didn't preach as long by a few minutes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But God wants us to know today that all of us have our moments. We have our moments. And you all don't be so hard on people when they're having their moment. Because that moment is just a snapshot. And it don't define their entire life. It's simply a part of their movie of life. And here's a good part. God knows the ending of your movie from the beginning of your movie. We work this way. God works this way. That means after a while, oh, glory be to God. If you just hold on, if you don't give up, after a while, we're going to meet somewhere. And then that's the time you'll know and you'll understand it better by and by. Every eye close, every head bow, nobody looking around. Mm. The snapshots of our lives. God, I thank you for every snapshot. <laughs> Some were good days. Some were bad days. Some of my pictures were blurry, out of focus. But God, I thank you for the snapshots, the conflicting snapshots of our lives. Because you are the only person I know that can take a bad picture and restore it ha! again and again. God, I thank you. I praise you for who you are. You're awesome. You're faithful. You're mighty God. And God, I say thank you. Thank you, God, for forgiveness of sin. When we failed you so many times, God, you continue to forgive us of all unrighteousness. And God, I just want to say thank you. Yay, Lord, we want our pictures to look the best. Oh, God. But God, I thank you because you made us. You know all about us. You know our shortcomings. You know our uprising. You know our downsetting. You know our frailties. But God, I thank you that you are our strength. Thank you. You are a strong tower. You are a rock. And God, I say thank you. You're our stabilizer. <laughs> thank you, God, that we don't have to manually focus our own lives. But if we trust you, you put us on automatic focus because you know what's best for our lives. God, help us to trust you. Help us to depend on you 
in the name of Jesus. Now, God, we every trial. Thank you for every tribulation. Thank you for every hurt. Thank you for everything that is taking place in life. Because, God, I thank you because it made us better instead of bitter. It caused us to trust in you. It caused us to lean and depend upon you every step of the way. And God, I declare in this place today that you never failed us. You have never failed us. And God, I say thank you. And God, I praise you. For that sinner that don't know Jesus Christ as your personal savior, Oh, you have a lot of snapshots. You may say I have too many. They don't make a book, photo album book, big enough for my pictures. Well, I need you to understand that when you repent of your sin, God takes your sins, cast them into a sea of forgetfulness to remember them no more. And today can be your day. You could take a new picture today. <laughs> You could take a new picture because if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things pass away and behold, all things become as new. If you are a sinner, all you have to do is just confess your sins to the Lord. Repent of your sins. Tell the Lord that you're sorry. And then just believe that he sent his son, Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for you. They buried him and he rose on the third day. He ascended to heaven and he's coming back again for you to receive you unto himself. If you just believe, if you just accept him, and if you just confess the Lord Jesus as Lord of your life, the Bible said that you are saved. The Bible said you are saved. And so if there's one that's here today that's watching right where you're sitting, take a moment. Ask God to forgive you. Ask God to wash you. Confess your sins to the Lord. Set them into your heart as your personal Savior. And the Bible says that you are saved. God bless you all. Now may heaven shine on you. And may God give you grace. May God give you peace during these trying times. Put those hands together and bless God, everybody. <laughs>